0: up in a spare room <laughs> at Wellspring Church, uh, working on um, the ABLE project. Yep. We're talking about worship today, yeah. one of the attend disciplines. I thought we might start by just grounding it in the arc of salvation sure. history and biblical in the yeah, biblical yeah. story.
1: For sure, yeah, so I just even, again, going back to the very beginning of the book of Genesis, sure. when we see the creation story, Genesis 1, it's a seven-day okay. cycle, right? Yep. And that pattern of seven days, of God doing stuff on seven days, is really important. And it frames it in the sense that all of creation is like a tabernacle or a temple.
0: Which you might miss if you haven't read it, or if you've read it and you're just sort of looking at it through one lens, that actually this is meant, in the ancient Near East, this is a way of signaling that all of creation
1: is God's temple. God's temple, where God's presence permeates all of it. And all of creation as a response is meant to worship. God, yeah. the center of this yeah. whole thing. So
0: Genesis one is signaling yeah. to the in the ancient Near East, this is a temple picture yes. of all of creation worshiping God.
1: Yes, exactly. And on day six of that seven day cycle, God creates humans in His image yeah. to image God, to represent God. Yeah. And in the sense, N.T. Wright talks about it, image of God in this sense where we're like angled mirrors, where on one level to sum up all the praises of creation to God, to have our lives oriented to that vertical worship of God, but at the same time to reflect horizontally back out into the world, the goodness and beauty and truth of God Mm to the the, the wider world. And so that's where humans come into this picture of being these creatures that are partners with God, made in God's image, yeah. not only to worship God vertically, but to <laughs> spread that out horizontally as well. And we see this in particular. Yeah. Genesis 2.15 speaks of the human vocation in the garden to work and to keep yeah. in the garden. That same language, yeah. that pair of words, work and keep, is later used in the tabernacle and temple of what the priests would do in their yeah. service, in their worship. So the
0: priest was actually called to to basically work and keep. In
1: the temple, or in tabernacle. the temple. Exactly, yes. And so
0: again, now we have this temple, tabernacle, creation, yes. mix.
1: So they all kind of intersect and bleed together. Yeah. And so humans in their vocation are to, and we kind of say this sometimes even in our day, their whole life is to be a life of worship. Yeah. That work and keep aspect That's gets good. at that. Uh, what happens though is Genesis three comes into the story, and this is where the, traditionally the fall takes yes. place. Where it, where it does take place. And so what you have here is humans now, instead of ascribing worth to God, choosing God, trusting God, mm-hmm. worshiping God, they're choosing for themselves. Yeah.
0: So maybe just sort of a quick breakdown of the word worship oh, yeah. in English comes from worth or ascribing one their due worth. Exactly, yeah. And so worship, so in Genesis 3 what you see is they start ascribing more worth to the snake's yeah, to their own preferences, what they see with their eyes versus who God is. And not
1: trusting what God has previously said. We've talked about that before. And so what then happens though, Genesis 3 onward, is you have this sort of back and forth, it's this tragedy and the faithfulness intermix where sometimes humans, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, so on and so forth, they choose, they trust, they're worshiping God. Other times, they're doing their own thing. And so this tension is at play who will humans worship? Yeah. Who will we worship? Will we ascribe that worth to God, or kind of go our own way? And it
0: really hits a head, I think, in the beginning of the Exodus. Yeah, when God says, you know, he, He's trying to call them out from serving yes. or worshiping
1: yes. uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh.
0: To then serve and worship him.
1: Exactly. Because one of the main things about the Exodus story is it's not just freedom. God's setting his people free for freedom's sake. Yeah. It's freedom so that they may worship. All throughout the early chapters of the book of Exodus, yeah. God is saying, let my people go, quote, so that they may worship yep, or totally. serve me. Yeah. And so that's the goal. The goal yeah. is worship. The goal is that intimacy and that relational a connection with him. And then him. we have that
0: picture yes. in Exodus 14 and 15 that really gets that. Yes, this.
1: and this is the crossing of the Red Sea. Exodus 14 is yeah. the actual kind of narrative prose of them crossing the Red Sea. God splits the waters. The Egyptian army is uh, drowned in the Red Sea. Exodus 15 is the first full worship song we get in Scripture. And so what I love about Exodus 14 and 15, them being side by side, is we see on one hand, Exodus 14 is sort of like the theology, the accounting of what happened, the narrative, the history, if you will. But then 15 is the response. response. And so... I think this gives us a picture into what worship is to be. It's our response to who God is yeah. and what God has done. Yeah. And describing that worth doing cool. his name, like you talked about. Yeah. And I think for me, Exodus 15, I would encourage people if you can go read yeah. through that, meditate on that. It's a beautiful song of praise of as again who God is yeah. and what God um, has and done. It's the
0: human response. Worship is the yes, human yes. response. To who God is and what He's done, exactly, and particularly you see that in Exodus, in
1: Exodus 14, 15 yeah. in particular. Now, again, this, that, this tension of faithfulness or and yeah. worship to God and or choosing their own way, of worshiping oneself, continues to kind of roll sure. out through the rest of the Old Testament. And really, as you get to you know David and the Psalms in yeah. particular, again we have more examples of song and worship yeah. being displayed in, yeah, the, in the Book the of Psalms
0: are prayers and songs yes. that can be, then many of them were sung as worship
1: songs. Yeah, and many of them were meant to be recited okay. as songs, as kind of in corporate gatherings or even then one's own personal prayer and worship life, yeah. uh, for sure.
0: One of the other things I'm struck by, particularly in the Hebrew Bible, is uh, these moments when people encounter God. So I think of mm. like Isaiah. Oh, he has yeah, this yeah. vision of God and angels. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me what angels are doing, right? they're singing yeah they're singing holy holy holy, holy and you have the sense of they're ascribing worth yeah to God they're worshiping him and you have this sort of picture in the hebrew bible of the future destiny of yes. all things yeah. where all worth is going to be ascribed to god for sure yeah.
1: and i think that's really key because as you read through the prophets you see that theme replayed over and over and over again of the prophets calling the people of god yeah. to reorient their minds and their yeah. hearts and their bodies back to worshiping god and not after all these sort of false idols and things that are yeah. leading them astray now when jesus comes onto this yeah. thing this is really important because God's people are in a time of longing and anticipation, longing for God to come. Mm. Jesus comes as the embodiment of yeah. God and comes into Nazareth, first century Galilee, and he is constantly in this mode. We've talked about it with prayer a little yeah. bit too, but he is worshiping. He, as a faithful Jew, would have Attended synagogue on a regular basis. That would have been normal. Normal for him. Like
0: very odd
1: not to make it every week. Totally, exactly. And you'd be singing the Psalms. Psalms, exactly. So Tim Keller talks about the the Psalms being, and other people have talked about this too, being like the prayer and song book of Jesus. And I think that's just kind of a cool way of thinking about that. Uh, But for me, one story that really pops out in particular with Jesus as it relates to worship is Jesus and his interaction with the woman in John chapter 4, the Samaritan, the woman at the well. The wellspring. The wellspring. There you go, right? (laughs) The origins of wellspring right there from Scripture. But what you have in John 4 is that kind of, it's a semi-famous story, but Jesus is dialoguing with this woman at the well, and there's a couple things that just quickly want to point out is that Jesus, he speaks to the Samaritan woman and says to her. So she's not Jewish. Not she's Jewish, Samaritan. that's important, exactly, yeah. yeah. So he says to her, you worship what you do not know, we worship what we do know. And so mm-hmm. I think Jesus is getting at, this is four, chapter four, verse 22. What Jesus is getting at is that our knowledge yeah. does matter. Our yeah. theology does matter, our doctrine of God does yeah. matter, who we think about and what we think about as far as who we're worshiping, yeah. all of that matters. So I don't want to just reduce worship to mind and theology, yeah. Yeah. but I think there is a place
0: for that. Yeah. And it in, is not necessarily it's not a mindless experience. Exactly, yes. It takes context in a story. Yes. In beliefs. For sure. In convictions. Yes,
1: all those things are super important. And so Jesus is, I think, saying that the object of our worship matters greatly yeah, and the it. knowledge of that object yeah. God himself um, matters greatly but then also the manner of our worship Jesus then says that God is seeking worshippers so just really briefly here that's plural yeah
0: this he's is looking
1: for worshipers worshippers. exactly he's
0: fascinating it's a idea.
1: crazy idea right but again this is yeah for sure personal worship 110% yeah. matters for sure but also the communal aspect yeah. as well matters yeah. greatly as, as well But he's saying, Jesus does, goes on to say that he's looking for worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. And I think both of those kind of go together, where Mm -hmm. on the spirit side you have the experience, the emotional side. The encounter. The encounter side, the awe, the intimacy, all of that. Isaiah falls
0: on his face. Exactly. The the
1: bodily responses. But then you also have the truth side, again, the doctrine side. And so one of my favorite theologians, he says this about this kind of this interplay between experience and theology and worship. Theology without worship is empty but worship without theology is blind. Wow. And so that's where I think both matter. And I think that's something I that's just good. want to advocate uh, for that. And at the base of all this is because this is, God is our creator. God is the one who is both spirit and truth yeah. and is calling us and desiring us that's to worship. Cool. So. It,
0: uh, when you said that quote, it reminded me of what Jesus says to the Pharisees in Matthew oh, fifteen yeah, yeah. 8, nine. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain mm. do they worship yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. Right, and so you have this sense in which you can sing all the right songs, yeah. Your theology can be right, totally, but you can worship in vain mm. because your heart, your
1: heart yeah. is
0: far, exactly. Um, you know, and it sort of gets me back, you know, as Revelation unfolds, right, you start to see these pictures again, these windows oh, yeah, yeah. into what the kingdom of God is going to be like when Jesus returns, and you have these pictures of angels saying you know, worthy is the Lamb. Yes, yeah. You have this sort of effective sense of like, their heart yeah. is aligned with their words. Oh yeah, for sure. And then you also have this picture, right, towards the end of the scriptures, where you start to have this, sort of all the nations are gathered. All the nations, are totally,
1: yeah. You have this aspect, I love this, where the Lamb, Jesus at the center, he's yeah. on the throne, and people the book of Revelation says, John has this vision, every people from every tribe, tongue, and nation yeah. are gathered around Jesus yeah. at the center, worshiping, him. And this speaks to this fact that worship in God's heart and desire is to be multi ethnic.
0: Yeah. I would say multi ethnic and like across time. Across time. Right? Like I think this is another thing we sometimes yeah. yeah. multi ethnic. Yes. 100%. Amen. 100%. But also, they're not gonna all be twenty-first century yeah. people. And they're not gonna all be millennials, they're not gonna all be like all across ages. Yeah. Everything. All kinds of generational 100%. Like,
1: millennial assumptions. Yeah, exactly. yeah totally. And this is what's beautiful about this is that at the center is Jesus. So worship in the book of Revelation, really throughout all scripture. Yeah is this unifying experience in truth where it's especially in our cultural moment really throughout a lot of human history humanity has been so divided on across a number of issues but for us today here at Wellspring in our local church here to have worship be this beautiful unifying thing where Jesus is at the center what's uniting us all is our worship our worship of him who he is and what he's done for us that's good
0: so then Going from biblical theology, this sort of scriptural yeah. arc to your life yeah, yeah. today, what have you found helpful? What would you suggest for, for people? For sure. Like, yeah.
1: And I think again, for me, it really comes down to worship being something I really do enjoy. I'm not musically inclined yeah. at all, but the moments for me, so I kind of, I'm trying to do this thing of, as I'm studying, cause I love to read and mm-hmm. study. Also having moments of song. So song and study for me, I'm trying to integrate and have those work together where my mind is being challenged and also the affections in my heart are also being shaped Awaken, and formed, yeah. awakened exactly. And so practically what this means for me, again, I don't have a guitar, I can't play an instrument. <laughs> and I tried piano lessons and then I quit at like yeah. you know, I was in second grade or no, something.
0: I was gonna
1: say, you're really <laughs> Yeah, too young. <laughs> I really regret that though as a and as a side you thing. You can still learn. Yeah, no, totally. But for me, I'm just I'm just stuck with Spotify yeah, at this point. But what I, and it really does, it really has yeah. brought beautiful encounters with God in it's worship. Great. And I think whether, however that might look for people, it's taken me a little bit of time to find a certain mm. playlist or artists yeah. or songs just to kind of curate some it of resonates. that. That resonate. That resonates, Which exactly. is okay. Totally, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I want think to be... part of
0: the effective thing about song and exactly. is it can be... And then you're talking about multi-ethnic, right? Oh, yeah. Like people connect to different, different types of music totally and they not to be ashamed of that culture whatever preference like that's for okay for sure
1: yeah and so for me I have a few different playlists that I kind of have and then I right. will alternate between studying and worship sometimes I'll even go for a walk with yeah. you know some of these songs that's but cool. that's for me I think one of the ways that this really gets fleshed out that's cool in my life so
0: yeah I was thinking I mean I resonate with that too particularly the song side mm-hmm. um, just listening to music yeah um, the other thing I would just resonate with is that like I just think Sometimes worship can be very emotionally focused, Mm. Uh, so I try and sort of balance that out with sort of worship for me really being centered on sort of a, I don't know, a cruciform, pick up your cross, submission. Yeah. That like one of the central pieces for me with worship is that I'm laying down my life in submission to Jesus. For sure. Right. Uh Romans uh twelve, run, right? Offer your bodies yeah. as a living sacrifice. Sacrifice. That's yeah. a very loaded worship for sure. Word. Yeah. Uh right. And you're you're giving yourself over to God, mm-hmm. not just your words, but all of your life. Yeah. Um I think for me those are the two. So certainly I think incorporating like if I was gonna advise someone, you know, certainly start listening to some music. Oh, yeah. There's some good music come every sunday to oh, worship 100
1: yeah, yeah
0: huge um there's you can't really replace spotify is not the same oh, 100%, as embodied 100 yeah especially without masks yeah totally and um yeah and then also sort of this idea of worship as just laying our lives down yeah, before jesus for sure
1: i think that's great i just want to 100 percent echo that corporate aspect 110 percent for sure yeah. is so vital so yeah. being a part of with other believers worshiping God. It's one of the few instances in our even culture, generally speaking, where people are
0: gathered together singing yeah. in one voice. It's yeah. a beautiful thing to be a cool. part of. So. Sounds good. Cool.